0: is for open-minded thinkers, for observers who are hopelessly curious, for experiencers of the mysterious, and for those who are passionate about perceiving the unknown. I will be sharing with you all my own exceptional experiences and other extraordinary constructs that exist in our reality. Welcome to Access Elysium. Up and welcome to all of you beautiful souls out there. I am your host Amber Odell, and this is Access Elysium Podcast. So, have you ever had a dream that your deceased brother told you you would win the lottery in a dream, and then the next day, when you purchased your lottery ticket, you won six million dollars? Well, if you have, you have experienced a precognitive dream, and this is an actual story of a lady who had exactly that happen to her. So coming up on the show today, we're going to dive into the meaning of dreams in our ancient societies, famous examples of precognitive dreams that have come true, and my own personal and exceptional communications with the universe in my own dreams. So what... The fuck are dreams? Uh, I don't know. Dreams are a universal human experience that can be described as stories, images, ideas, emotions, and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. They can be entertaining, fun, romantic, disturbing, frightening, and sometimes absolutely insane. I am one of those people that needs like nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. (laughs) Like seriously, I love sleep. I honestly don't know how other people function on such little sleep. It seems crazy to me. I would be a zombie. There's no way. But there is actually a term for it and they call it short sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you think you can just kick it on the reg without having more than four hours of sleep, you might be a short sleeper. Uh, these are people who can function normally with less than a normal amount of sleep without any known adverse effects. So like to this date, only a handful of small studies have looked at short sleepers, um, but they're very rare. And actually it might even be less than four hours. I need to look into that. Um, But only one to three percent of the population are short sleepers. Uh, a Dr. Christopher Jones, who is a professor of clinical neurology at the University of Utah, uh, says that he has only identified about 20 true short sleepers. So that's, <laughs> that's not very many. So uh, four hours, that might not be right. Uh, he says that they share some fascinating characteristics. Short sleepers, uh, their circadian rhythms, that's like the body's daily biological cycles, are different from most people. Uh, their moods are upbeat. They're thinner than average even though sleep deprivation usually raises the risk of obesity. Like if you aren't getting good sleep, you can gain weight, you can have heart attacks and strokes, you have, sleep is just so important to your health. But for uh, short sleepers, it it doesn't have that effect on them. Um, They also seem to have a really high tolerance for physical pain and psychological setbacks. So they're like super human. I couldn't do that. I'm absolutely the opposite of a short sleeper. No, no. I need sleep. Like for me, dreams are alive. They're an actual place that I'm experiencing and participating in. Uh, they're conversations with like the collective consciousness. And one of my favorite things to do, I I really love to sleep. It is my favorite. But I have a lot of things to do when I sleep. I have people to see. I have places to go. Um, I'm busy. So I have dreams that pick up right where they left off from the last time I was there like a whole nother life that I'm living in sequence to this one. Uh, I have dreams of multiple places that I recognize as like my home. Like it feels like home and I know the layout of the houses and the land and like everything around it. I know that the the people that are going to be there when I arrive, uh, I know kind of like the emotions or like the, the energy that exists in each place, you know, like how each wherever you go, you get that feeling of recognizing it. So it's just like a memory in each one of these places is my home. Um, I have so many places that I can recognize because I've been there before in my dreams. Um, some of my dreams are absolutely ridiculous, like, but they don't seem that way until I view them outside of the reality. So when I'm in the dream, they feel very fluid and natural, like even in a, like a situation where my body can somehow morph like I'm in the shower, I'm showering and then all of a sudden me and like, I don't know, just me somehow morphs into the drain of the shower and I can squeeze out this little opening in a pop can and I can just carry on as if that's how you normally get there. That's like, that's just how I got there. <laughs> I don't know how it seems normal in my dreams. Ridiculous when I'm not. Um, some of my dreams are what I like to call reality dreams. Where I actually get to talk to friends and family who are no longer, you know, with us, that so they've passed on. Um, I feel like the setting in these dreams is actually, it's very grounded. Uh, it feels very real. It doesn't have that wonky kind of like, I don't know what the hell is happening here. You know exactly what's happening. Um, and I'm having real conversations with these people. And I've been able to pass those conversations on before too. Um, but in, in a lot of times, like I have access to all of my senses, Uh in my dreams, like I can taste, touch, smell, hear, see everything. It's not like I'm, I can, I eat the food. It tastes amazing. I get hurt. It, it does not feel good. Like it's just, and sometimes it's more intense in my dreams than when I'm awake. It's kind of hard to describe, but uh, yeah. And some of my dreams are so like grotesque and extreme and that it makes me question like the limits of good and evil as I understand it. I mean, I have found like three locations uh, in my dreams that are like doorways to just pure darkness and evil. And I am so thankful that I'm intuitive enough to know better than to ever cross those thresholds. I'm like, "Ah, nope, I know where this is going and I'm not even opening that door. Like as I'm like a hopelessly curious person. So normally I am all about questioning everything, but man, I won't even give a chance to whatever kind of vile awareness is lurking behind those portals out. Mm -mm. I found three of them and they can stay there. I ain't playing with you. But here's uh, some fun facts from the internet about dreams. So the average person spends about 26 years sleeping. What the fuck? That's a long time. Can you like, just imagine the first 26 years of your life, if you're older than 26, just asleep. Just that if you're, if you grow to be 80, 26 years is spent sleeping. So mine is going to be way more than that. I mean, that's a lot. And then, oh, also, uh, you spend about seven years trying to get to sleep, like tossing, turning, wanting to fall asleep, seven years. For, so for my sister who doesn't get any sleep, that's probably 26 years. <laughs> but uh, your mind is more active when you're asleep than when you're awake, they say, I don't know about these two here because I, I think that they okay, they say you can't read in dreams. I know that I have read things in dreams, so I don't know about that one. And it says you can't see yourself in a mirror in dreams. I'm pretty sure I've done that too. Like, who is in charge of these questions? <laughs> Me, uh, yeah. So, 50% of dreams are negative, that's probably about right. You know, like it's half and half, you get half lovely, half not so lovely. Um, you always dream. You just don't always remember you're dreaming. So there's people that say they've never remember their dreams. And I'm like, what? That's insane. I, I, I have like four or five, six dreams a night, every single night, like every night of my life. I have that many. I can't imagine never have dreaming. It's like never been able to eat cake or something <laughs> like if you've never experienced it you don't even understand it it's so insane to me but so and it's thought that each dream lasts between 5 and 20 minutes and most people have between 3 and 6 dreams per night um but then around 90% of your dreams are completely forgotten by the time you get out of bed so you've forgotten almost 100% of all your dreams even if you remember when you get out of bed so And, you know, I did have a problem with forgetting my dreams. So I kind of started this thing where I would try to teach myself to move backwards in time through my dreams so that I could kind of grasp and hold on to that connection that moved me from one to the next. And it really does work. I can get back really, really far every morning by kind of doing it. It's like this (laughs) magical tunnel that opens up because you're just like, yes, I remember. Because a lot of times it's gone. Just like that, gone. Gone. Um, but dreaming does help you learn and develop long-term memories you would think so but sometimes I feel like I could watch a brand new movie or not a brand new movie a movie that I've seen multiple times and it's like the first time I'm seeing it because I don't I don't remember everything in there it's so weird like my memory sucks but it's so good all at the same time I I don't even know I mean, I've always kind of said that I've, I really need like a bigger head. Like I just need it to be so much bigger so that I can hold more things in there because there's just only so much room for the good shit. And so I'm like, well, if that shit ain't good, I just don't have a use for it. and I will let it go. So like I just I, I can't remember everything but the good stuff. So let's see what our ancestors thought about dreams and the meanings behind them. So I found online this dreamtending.coms. It has some really cool stuff on here. They did some great research on what the ancients thought about all this. So in ancient Egypt, the world of dreaming existed between the land of the living and the world on the other side, which was like a world inhabited by deities and the spirits of the dead. So, dreams were communications from those entities. The meanings of dreams required a professional dream interpreter. Uh, The ancient Egyptians believed so strongly about the power of dreams to foretell the future and offer advice that they had rituals to incubate their dreams. So, in some cases, they would actually bring their dreams to a special oracle. Oh, I had to sign up for that job. (laughs) Can I be the oracle? Uh, Who would study it and then go to sleep. And have a dream about their dream. (laughs) Inception here going on. Uh, So dream incubation was a a widespread practice across eastern civilizations of the ancient world. Uh, Egyptian, Mesopotamian, Greek, and Hebrew texts all refer to some form of inviting the other world to send prophetic Dreams. Uh, So the process was similar across all regions. A person who wanted advice or a message from the gods would come to a temple or holy place and offer a payment to the keepers of the temple. And then this was followed by sleeping in the presence of the gods in the temple, usually in rooms set aside specifically for that purpose. In some places, the actual dreaming was done by an oracle or a prophet. And in others, the the person seeking the advice uh, slept and dreamed beside the oracle, who would then interpret both of their dreams together. Uh, Then the Old Testament has stuff about dreams in it too. Uh, The Old Testament contains many stories about God speaking to leaders, seers, and prophets through their dreams. Uh, The ancient Hebrews believed that sleep thinned the veil between the living world and the world of demons, angels, and spirits. God himself spoke to humans through their dreams. One of the most famous stories of dream interpretation from the Bible is that of Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers because he told them his dreams and then became one of Egypt's most powerful men because he interpreted the dreams of the Pharaoh and saved the land from famine. Now, many Native American cultures viewed the dream space as a sacred place, one where a person could step outside of the bonds of like your mundane existence and connect with a more universal consciousness. I love this idea. I always tend to kind of lean towards Native American belief systems and cultures, although I still love to learn about all of them. I just resonate really well with them. Um, each tribe and culture had its own way of accessing this dimension along with the knowing to be learned from the animals and the ancestral spirits that inhabit it. A beautiful. I love it. There's always something to be learned from all all creatures, not just humans, uh, in in Australian Aboriginal mythology, the ancestral spirits dreamed the world, including their own forms, into existence. Man, this one is awesome too. It's, I love that. Uh, while many Western cultures talk about the birth of the world as something that happened in the past, in these indigenous Australian cultures, the dreaming exists as a continuing reality, another plane of existence that some people could visit in their night dreams. Uh, In these special dreams, they could meet and talk with ancestral spirits or witness the creation as it happened. Amazing. Uh, Dreaming was a way of connecting with the ancestral spirits of the land and of learning the way of the world and of keeping the dream time alive. Oh, I love this. So this makes me go back to one of my favorite favorite movies as a child. I will relate to this movie over and over again in so many different episodes because it's just, it's ingrained in me. So The Never Ending Story was so special to me. I mean, I have a list of a bunch of them that I loved. Dark Crystal, Never Ending Story, Legend, like all those. But Neverending Story was just so beautiful in showing you that this other existence is there if you only believe in it. That's like all you had to do was believe and give it an existence with a name. Uh, So that's what I think of when I think of your little Australian mythology of dreams. Beautiful. So now while science may have trouble explaining exactly how all of this happens, good old science, you know, can't believe in anything unless you see it. Uh, I get it. It's, you know, you got to see to believe certain things, but no, you have to believe to see. It's always backwards. We're on the upside down here. But, okay, so the latest research into genetics, trauma, and shared cultural history seems to suggest that if the memories of trauma can be carried from generation to generation in your genes, that's like in your DNA, who's to say that people don't also share a cultural connection to each other through the dream space in their DNA, where healing and understanding can take place? Oh this... Is so cool. I mean, this is such an amazing thought. You really do. You carry the genetic makeup in your DNA of all your ancestors before you. So their trauma that happens to them gets carried in their DNA to you. So who's to say that what happens in the dream space of the genetic effects of this doesn't affect you too? This is amazing. Okay, so there are like a ton of themes that they have identified in dreams. And there was a lot of them, uh, but I tried to like pick some really great ones that I think everybody can kind of relate to. So I'm going to ramble them off here. Uh, School settings or filling an exam. I hate them. I have school dreams where I can't find my locker. I can't remember my combination. I'm not wearing any pants. I don't know my schedule. I can't get there in time. I don't have my books. It's so fucking stressful. I hate it. I hate it. I don't have too many school dreams where I'm like, yay, school. I mean, I loved school when I was in school for the most part because I like to learn, but school dreams suck. So uh, more of them are being chased. Uh, Yes. Uh, Sexual experiences. Yes. Falling. Yes. Arriving too late. A living person being dead or a person now that's dead being alive. Uh, Yeah. Flying. Oh, it's my favorite. I love flying. Flying or soaring through the air. Ding, ding, ding. Number one for me. Okay. Being frozen with fright, being tied up, restrained, or unable to move. Awful. Hate that. It's almost like you're stuck in like this sludge in slow motion. It sucks. Uh, being physically attacked. Yep. Being nude. Uh, I mean, actually sometimes I'm no, not no, just kidding. No, they suck. Uh, swimming. I love swimming. Actually. I can go under water and breathe just like a fish. I'm just hanging out under the water It's awesome. Uh, Insects or spiders being killed. Yeah, that's, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever remembered like actually dying. I think that I've had friends that have told me about dreams where they're like dead and there's always that legend or folklore that if you die in your dreams, you really die. I don't think so, but maybe you really do die in another dimension. That's scary. Uh, Losing teeth. I fucking hate that one, too. It's it sucks being a child again. That one's fun. Being unable to find a toilet. Oh, fuck these toilet dreams. I tell you what, <laughs> I don't know if it's because I, you know, I have to pee in the middle of the night, but I fucking hate toilet dreams because all the toilets that I find are like in these big giant stalls and they're disgusting with shit all over the walls and I don't even want to sit on them. And like every stupid toilet dream, I hate them. Mm. all right discovering a new room in your home uh losing control of a vehicle wild violent beasts yep those suck uh snakes having magical powers that was fun uh vividly sensing or hearing a presence around you finding money tidal waves killing somebody Yep, that one sucks. Uh, Seeing yourself as dead. I don't know if I've had that one. I don't know if I've ever been dead. Or maybe I didn't know I was dead. Maybe that was it. Uh, Being a member of the opposite sex. Yep, I've been a dude a whole bunch of times. Uh, Being smothered and unable to breathe. That one sucks. There's a lot of sucky ones on here. Uh, Encountering God in some form. Seeing a flying object crash. Earthquakes, seeing angels or devils, uh, part human, part animal creatures, uh, seeing extraterrestrials or UFOs. Oh, one of my faves. I see them all the time. They're fabulous. Traveling to another planet. That one's fun, too. Done that a lot. And then being an animal. So those are kind of like the most popular kinds of dreams that we got going on here. And some dream themes change over time. Like there's an example of uh, from 1956 to 2000, there was an increase in the percentage of people who reported flying in dreams. Uh, This could reflect uh, the increase in air travel, they think. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Uh, But flying is the best. Evidence suggests that dream recall progressively decreases from the beginning of adulthood, but not in like older age. So dreams also become less intense. This evolution also occurs faster in men than women. And not for me. So I haven't had any decrease in the intensity of my dreams whatsoever. They are just as intense now as when I was eight years old. Uh, But then again, uh, I probably don't fit into any of the average statistics (laughs) for just about anything going on here. Uh, Now, while most people report dreaming in color, roughly 12% of people claim to only dream in black and white. What the fuck? That's crazy. I've I don't know if I've ever dreamed in just black and white. It's been like, I know that I've had some that feel like a little more dark and like lack real vivid colors, but I don't know if I've ever dreamt in black and white. People who are under the age of 25 rarely report dreaming in black and white. Nope, they don't do it. Uh, people over the age of 55, however, report black and white dreams about 25% of the time. Researchers believe that this difference is a result of childhood exposure to black and white television. Uh, this idea is supported by older studies, that, which found people in the 1940s rarely reported dreaming in color. This is very interesting. Uh, It's kind of like when uh, your imagination is only given so much. I mean, if you view the world through a black and white television, I can see how you would only dream in black and white. It's very interesting. Uh, In studies where dreamers have been awakened and asked to select colors from a chart that match those of their dream, soft pastel colors are those most frequently chosen. So next, let's see. Animals. Are dreaming too. Researchers believe that it's likely that most animals. Including mammals, birds, reptiles, and fish. Do go through sleep stages. uh, Including REM sleep and non-REM sleep. Which means they do indeed dream. All the little fishies and birdies and puppies and kitties. They're all dreaming. Uh, Mammals dream about the world they enter even before birth. Uh Uh-huh. They've done a study on it. So, a study finds that baby mammals dream about the world they're about to experience to prepare for their senses. The study focused on neonatal waves in mice before they first opened their eyes. So, scientists believe human babies also prime their visual motion detection before birth. With dreams. So it's unusual retinal activity that happens. The scientists observed waves of activity radiating from the retinas of newborn mice before their eyes first open. So imaging shows that soon after birth, this activity disappears and in its place, matures a network of neural transmissions that carries visual stimuli to the brain as explained by a Yale press release. So once it reaches the brain, the information is encoded for storage. What's particularly unusual about this neonatal activity is that it demonstrates a pattern that would happen if the mammal was moving forward somewhere. So this activity in the eyeballs is in like their dreams and it's showing them moving even though they're not moving Um, as the researchers write in the study spontaneous waves of retinal activity flow in the same pattern as would be produced days later by actual movement through the environment after they are born this is super cool It's like dreamlike activity makes sense from an evolutionary standpoint as it helps the mouse get ready for what will happen to it after it opens its eyes. It allows the animal to respond immediately to the environmental threats. So that means they're learning about their environment before they're born from their dreams. What? This is crazy crazy cool. So your dreams are already connecting you to the real world you're about to be born into. It's like giving you this information before you're even here. Okay. So this opens up a whole new can of worms for me, but I have to focus. Okay. Now we get to nightmares. They're Awful. Nightmares are stressful dreams that cause the dreamer to feel a number of disturbing emotions. Common reactions to a nightmare include fear and anxiety. Yes, I do. Nightmares are suck. Oh, and pregnant women have much more morbid elements in their dreams as well. I can vouch for that. The shit was insane. I, I think I had some of the most disturbing dreams I've ever had when I was pregnant with my son. I mean, I, one of them was I'm walking down the road and it's kind of like in a trailer park area and the ditches are super deep and I know I'm pregnant in the dream as well and it starts to rain but the rain is blood and the ditches are filling up to where they're flowing like little rivers. And all of these body parts are starting to pop up out of their arms and legs and heads, but they're not body parts of big people. They're like babies. And I was trying to dive in and save all these babies. But most of them were just pieces of babies. I couldn't find whole babies to save. It was fucking awful. Uh, I've had nightmares where they woke me up like in a full-on panic because they were so intense that somebody was coming after me. I mean, they they were really hardcore coming after me, and I don't I don't have nightmares too often. Uh, it's been a long time. I remember my very first nightmare when I was little, little little i I don't know how old exactly I was. But my guess is four or five because I remember what my bedroom looked like at the time. We lived out in the country uh, and so this is what happened. So in my dream... I'm hanging out in my bedroom and all of a sudden this hole starts giving way in the carpet and everything starts dropping down and it opens up and I crawl over to look down into it and there's flames and fire and it looks like a volcanic like a volcanic eruption is going on in there and I'm kind of freaking out so I'm grabbing all my crowns and all of my little toys and I'm trying to stuff them in this hole to keep it from opening up but everything keeps falling in and the hole's getting bigger and bigger and I look down into it and this albino like bigfoot looking thing, Sasquatch is like crawling up out of it towards me and I take off running and it chases me out the front door and around the woods because we lived right next to the woods and I cannot shake this thing. It's on my tail the whole time as I'm running all the way around back to the front door and the last thing I remember is slamming the door behind me and I woke up and I don't know how a four or a five-year-old can create this kind of thing. I, ne- My mom was pretty protective of me when I was little. I don't think I watched anything that had to do with an albino uh, sasquatch chasing me in the woods. I don't understand where all this would come from. Um, it was pretty intense. I still remember it vividly to this day. Next, we get to lucid dreams. <laughs> This one is super cool. Uh, Lucid dreaming is when the dreamer is aware that they are dreaming. Uh, They may have some control over the dream. This measure of control can vary between different lucid dreams, but they often occur in the middle of a regular dream when the sleeping person realizes suddenly that they are dreaming some people experience lucid dreaming at random while others have reported being able to increase their capacity to control their dreams. Lucid dreaming is its so crazy. I remember the first time that I was able to do it. I think I was in junior high, probably seventh or eighth grade. And I was having a dream that I was out in my parents' garage and I don't know. I was looking for a tool. I don't know why I was looking for a tool because I was a kid and I was always building dumb shit. And I just remember looking around and things just kind of looked off. And it just like, all of a sudden, I realized that I was in a dream. I was like, this isn't real. I am in a dream. I was like, I can do whatever I want. So I was like, well, fuck all this tool shit. I'm going to have a party. So I like got everything out of the garage and I invited all of my friends from junior high to come over and we had a badass party. Now, (laughs) I don't know why that's what I decided I wanted to do, but I knew immediately that I could do anything. The possibilities were endless. That was just kind of the first idea that popped into my head. And I haven't had a ton of lucid dreams that vivid. That that first one was pretty much the strongest one. I still have lucid dreams where I know that I'm dreaming. I mean, it's kind of like, what is this life right here? Is this a lucid dream? Because I'm very, very aware that something's off. Uh, but it's just so cool at what you're able to do. I mean, you can do anything. You can fly. You can turn into different animals. You can reconstruct the whole scene to be something from like you're now a third party of yourself. You step outside of yourself and you can look down on the whole planning of the set of what you want your dream to be. It's it's pretty cool if you can accomplish that. So now let's get into the precognitive dreams. I've got some really cool examples of situations where people had an experience in their dream that came true in real life like a premonition. So Deanna Sampson, uh, she was an avid lottery player whose lottery win is truly amazing story. She told lottery officials, I think someone up there told me that something good was going to happen, revealing that she dreamt of her deceased brother the night before the draw and that he told her that she would win the jackpot. Little did she know that her dream was to prove prophetic. Her perseverance had eventually paid off and she took home the jackpot of around 5.4 million euros or 6 million us dollars the first thing she did with her jackpot windfall was to buy a new house she took 22 relatives on a dream trip to jamaica oh this girl's already winning my heart i love jamaica this is exactly what i would do with my money too Knowing that her lottery win was a blessing, she gave away a total of $1 million to family and friends and charity, and she firmly believes in saying that happiness is only real when it's shared. Very true, Deanna. Very true. So next we have Mary Wallens. She was also a regular lottery player who, at the age of 86, bought a quick pick with the numbers 1, 10, 18, 24, 31, and 46 for the draw that took place on the 30th of September 2006. She told lottery officials that it was a few days before the draw took place that she dreamed of a lottery ticket with her numbers on it. She said that the dream was so vivid she was convinced she would win. Taking full advantage of the positive omen, she went so far as to buy a second lottery ticket with the same numbers in order to increase her share of the jackpot prize. What? So some people would say that it's a little bit silly to buy two tickets with the same numbers since the second one doesn't improve your odds of winning in any way because you own them both. Uh, However, the former cleaning lady gambled and it was about to pay off in a very big way when her numbers came up in that September 30th draw. Now, as she predicted, another lottery player, a 64-year-old also came and chose the same winning numbers as Mary, causing them to share the jackpot. However, Mary claimed two-thirds of the jackpot due to her second ticket with the same winning lottery numbers. Her share of the prize totaled $16 million. That is one hell of a a fucking awesome dream to win you $16 million. I mean, maybe I've been looking at my dreams all along. (laughs) Maybe I need to like meditate on some lottery numbers here. But next we have the Smith family. Uh, The Smith family, who won the massive $429 million Powerball jackpot, told lottery officials that their winning numbers were picked by divine intervention. The spokesperson for the family during the press conference revealed that the lucky combination came to her mother in a dream. This is just awesome. Dreams are connected to us, whether we like to think so or not. Oh, here is a good one. Rep repping my hometown. So a Kansas man who had a dream about winning the lottery had his dreams come true two days later when he won $75,000. Mason Krantz of Silver Lake, just up the street from my old house, told Kansas lottery officials, He had a vivid dream about winning $25,000 from a lottery ticket, so he had reason to be hopeful two days later when he bought a 100 times scratch-off ticket and another game from the Buy and Ride 7 store in Topeka. Okay, first of all, I've lived in Topeka a long time What the fuck is a Buy and Ride 7? I've never even heard of that. I mean, I guess unless it's been built there in the last couple years after I moved, but... Buy and ride seven. Okay. I grabbed the hundred time ticket that day because I've won a few times on them already. Krantz recalled. I didn't think I'd win much on this one because only one number had matched, but then it showed the $75,000 winner. That is awesome. Buy and ride seven. I'm going to come to you next time I'm in town. So then we have, oh, in Winnipeg, we've got some Winnipeg friends from Jamaica, actually. Let's see, uh, how do you say this? A Montanoba, Manitoba eh, I'm so, I'm awful. A, a Manitoba woman's dream has come true by winning nearly 7 million on the Lotto 649. Manitoba! I'm saying it all fucking wrong. <laughs> so, Maria Diggle says she played the same number for 30 years, and finally those numbers won. Her picks, 7 11 Man, we're getting some 7-Elevens and buy 7s in here. 7-Eleven, 12, 13, 35, and 41 have a great deal of meaning for her. They're the ages of her family when they migrated to Canada decades ago and the date that they arrived in the country. She bought a ticket every week at the Real Canadian Superstore where she gets her groceries. She says the night before she won $7 million, she had a dream that she won a million dollars and split it up amongst her family. Oh, I love these. At least these stories are people that, you know, are going to actually help their own friends and families. I love that. There are some very well-known precognitive dreams that are just too, too much to ignore. So Abraham Lincoln is one of those examples. Back in the 1860s, old Abe woke from a terrifying dream. He had been walking through the White House and came upon a coffin being heavily guarded. Upon asking a guard who had died, he was told the president was killed by an assassin. Just a few days later, his dream did come true and Abraham Lincoln was shot and killed. I mean, that's... It's pretty spot on there, Labe. Uh, the Titanic is another one. Stories about Titanic premonitions are unusually common. Uh, two stand out as being precognitive dreams, though. Isaac Fruenthal and Eugene Dally were both passengers on the Titanic. Fruenthal had a dream before boarding that the ship was uh, the ship he was on crashed into something and sank. He had the same dream after boarding the Titanic. Fruenthal survived the sinking, and his dream story has become well known uh, for cognitive dreaming. Dally had a slightly different experience. He boarded the Titanic in Queenstown and almost immediately mentioned to a friend that he dreamed of the ship going down. Every single night while aboard, he had the same scary dream. The day on which this, the ship sank, Dally told his friend that they were going to sink that very night. Dang, Dally, you were spot on too. Mark Twain is another one. The American writer Mark Twain dreamed about his brother's body lying in a metal coffin in his sister's house. A few weeks after his dream, his brother was killed. Now, back then, the standard was to uh, to be buried in a wooden coffin. But a friend had paid for Twain's brother to be buried in style, in a metal coffin. Twain saw the scene exactly as he had in his dreams. And then we have... Mrs. Julius Caesar. Now, Julius Caesar's wife, Calpurnia, was plagued by terrifying dreams the night before her husband died. She begged Caesar not to leave when she awoke, but alas, he did not listen, and look how that turned out. Okay, so last but not least, I'm going to give you guys some examples of my crazy dreams that turned out to have some pretty awesome outcomes. So, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. Let's just pick two. Okay. So, first dream. Well, first of all, I've just always had this knowing of I was going to be a mom and I knew I was going to have a son and I knew all of this like when I was 12. Like I was 12 years old and I already knew that I was going to be a mom. I was going to have a son and I was going to have all of this happen at age 23. I don't know. It's just one of those things. So I always knew that. I never really planned for it, actually. I didn't think about it a lot until it actually happened. Uh, But so when my husband and I first started dating, I had this dream where I walked into this house and I'm pregnant. And I'm walking up these stairs. And I notice in the stairs, there's like this window that's cut out that you can kind of see down. Uh, into a little living room area, and at the top uh, is my husband and his mom. <laughs> it's kind of weird. And at the time, he's not my husband yet; he's still my boyfriend. That you know, we're dating. We're pretty serious, but I mean, we moved pretty fast. It was like one of those we just knew we were meant to be, and we've been together for <laughs> ever. It <laughs> seems like. But okay, back to the story. So I wake up from the dream. And I tell him this and I was like, so I don't want to freak you out (laughs) because I'm pretty sure we were only dating like three months. I was like, but I just had a dream that I was pregnant and I kind of described the whole thing to him. So I was like, well, if we don't uh, take a little special care, this could happen. And he just laughs at me like, okay, weirdo. Little does he know the weirdo is in there. So just like a week or two later... We find out we're pregnant and you know, you go into, okay, life is changing mode. So I hadn't even really like met his family. He hadn't really met my family. We just been dating. So finally we go over to his house where his mom lives and we go in to kind of like tell her everything and I walk in and... And open the door, and there is the staircase with the window cut out in it. And we are there to meet his mom to tell him that we're pregnant. <laughs> I was like, "Why you gotta be shitting me?" And then I reminded my husband. I was like, "Remember about that dream?" And he was like, "Holy fuck!" And I was like, "I know, I, I know." <laughs> so that one was pretty cool. Totally foresaw, you know, us having our son. And when I gave birth to him, I had just turned 23. So kickers there. It's just incredible how you can look back on dreams from when you were younger and how they correlate to dreams now. And they still all relate to me. So it's it's a pretty cool universe out there. So let's see. Next example. Okay. So. Uh, I had friends that I used to like, I was kind of like the girl on the couch for a little bit because I was in limbo from moving out of my apartment and into buying a house. So I hung out with them a lot and I got to know them and their friends and their family. And unfortunately, uh, my friend's boyfriend who lived there, his brother had died. He was killed. It was super sad and it was like a, a weird time where... everything was changing and everything was happening fast. I had just gotten uh, my new house and I don't know. It was just, he died and all these relationships were changing. And so I hadn't seen my friends for a little bit. And I ran into one of their friends and the night before this happened, I had a dream about Eric. So I, he's standing there in my room, uh, in the doorway And I cut it was one of those reality dreams. So I knew that I was actually talking to him. It was just subconscious. So I was like, hey, you know, how are you doing? And he just kind of smiled. And he said, tell Kevin to watch out for his throwing arm. And and so I'm like, okay, no one thing I fucking hate is I love being able to communicate with spirit or the universe or whoever. But these riddles. Oh, my gosh. It's almost like I made this pact with myself to be like, don't give her any information unless it's it's a riddle and a mystery and she has to try and figure it out. So he played along and told me to watch out for Kevin's throwing arm. So when I saw Kevin's friend the next day, I was like, hey, I don't know know, what this means because a lot of times the information is not for me. It's just for me to pass along. I was like, but tell Kevin that I saw Eric and he said to watch out for his throwing arm. I go, which arm is his throwing arm? And he was like, his right arm. And I was like, okay, well, what's going on with his right arm? And he just kind of turned pale and looked at me and he was like, he just got a tattoo of his brother and I believe the date of his death tattooed on his arm the night before on his throwing arm. I was like, holy shit, that has to be what that means. I mean, it was just, it's just so cool to see that information flow from one dimension to the next and who it affects and who it gets to and just how unique it is when it happens to you. It was, it was pretty cool. So, what are dreams? Well, to me, dreams can be just mumbo jumbo sometimes. Sometimes there's no crazy, uh, over the top information that's coming to you. Sometimes it really is just, well, my mind was wandering, but that's not the case. Most of the time, you know, I think that dreams are connecting us to multiple dimensions, to multiple existence, to multiple, uh, you know we exist in multiple dimensions. We're not just here. we are connected to lots of dimensions. That's what makes humans so special. We have this connection to so many different levels, so many different games that that's why we're so interesting to anything that uh, gets a hold of us that has a little bit more knowing from our own perspective. So what I mean by that. <laughs> That sometimes it comes out like, what? But so what I mean by that is if you are experiencing any kind of communication with something that's outside the norm, seems paranormal, spiritual, whatever, that's because they know that we're connected in so many ways that we and our thoughts and our dreams and our actions and our belief systems affect multiple dimensions. So if you can get us to believe in one thing, it doesn't just affect this reality. It affects multiple realities. So I really feel like dreams can be a gateway into these realities. They might not make much sense to us here because there's an understanding that we lack about these other realities and dimensions. But when you're in your dream, you understand it. So you are really living it. So I feel like dreams are so special and crazy and fucking retarded. (laughs) And I just, I love it all. I love life. I love dreams. And I really hope that you guys too will have the ability to tap into the meanings in your dreams more. Well, here is my call to all of you experiencers out there. If you have had some kind of extraordinary experience with your dreams, I would love to hear about it. So you can just contact us at access at gmail.com and tell us about all of your cool stuff or any other really awesome experience that you feel like I need to know about because I need to know this stuff. I love firsthand experiences. Well, one thing that I do know for sure is it doesn't matter what you label yourself or what your beliefs are. All that matters is that you're a good person and that you have compassion for others and for all other beings, Um, for the planet, for the animals, for other people. Um, If you push those good intentions out there, they do come back to you. Uh, The kind of person that you want others to be is the kind of person that you should be. So to all you believers and non-believers alike, I hope that you enjoyed the time that we spent here together today. I know that I have kind of given you some wild, crazy information, but I can't wait to share more of it with you next time on Access Elysium Podcast.